If you brought your Bibles tonight, and I hope that you have, turn with me to 2 Chronicles. Let's go right back pretty close to where we left off this morning. Not exactly. I told you, Lord willing, that we would come back here and continue to talk about the revival in Hezekiah's day. But I want to go forward just a couple chapters from where we were at this morning. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Uh, so we were in 2 Chronicles chapter 29 this morning. Uh, talking about the beginning of the revival, how it was kicked off, uh, what started it. I want to look at chapter 31, and I want to look at the results of that revival, what real revival looks like. Second Chronicles chapter 31, in the first verse says, Now when all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also and Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession into their own cities. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you one more time tonight. We thank you for the good day. We thank you for the good fellowship and the worship and the songs that went forward. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings that you poured out on us here tonight. But we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. Lord God, that you sent him in giving so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. God, we're not worthy and we know that. But Lord, let us always be lifting our voices up to you in praise and glory because you alone are worthy of it. Lord, my prayer tonight is that you move amongst your people in a mighty way. Stir our hearts, draw us near to you. Lord, knit us together. God, I pray that we would grow in love and spirit and we'd grow in number as well. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way. God, that we would leave here different than how we come in. Lord, more fit to serve you, Lord God. Uh, we're the greater burden for a lost and dying world. God, I pray that you would stir our hearts here uh, tonight. Lord, we'd have just a little touch of, of the revival fires that swept through in Hezekiah's day. God, my prayer is that you would just move on your people in a mighty way. And Lord, if there's any among us tonight that's not saved, any that's lost and undone, God, let tonight be the night that they quit playing church and they get real with you. God, let tonight be the night that you'd pour out that old time Holy Ghost conviction upon them and that you wouldn't give them any peace until they repent and get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. Lord, my prayer tonight is as you move on your people in a mighty way. Do what only you can do and we'll give you the glory for it, every bit of it. And Lord, I ask for myself, I need help here tonight. I can't preach without you and I know it. So I'm asking that you'd preach me one more time here tonight. God, that you'd clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your words. Place on my tongue the very words you'd have me to speak tonight. Lord, help it just roll right from my spirit to theirs, Lord God. I'm asking for your holy unction, for your anointing from on high. And God, I'll give you every bit of the glory for it. God, move amongst your people tonight. We love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Think about that word revival. We've got our own revival coming up here before long. And uh, I felt, as I told you, as I believe last week, especially moved by God to, to, to help prepare us for revival. 
Uh, we're doing that. We're, we're doing that in the preaching. We, we've been doing that in, in, you know, having talked about it and planned and prayed for it. Uh, doing it now in our preaching. We're going to be doing it in our, in our Bible study as it gets closer. Uh, we're going to be doing it in our prayer and special time of prayer that we're going to have prayer meetings and prayer services leading up to our revival. And so let's just talk about this for just a minute tonight. Uh, what is revival? Revival is a word that is used often, but I don't think I think many don't really realize what it means. To many, it is nothing more than a series of meetings. Right after five nights or so of, of meetings, they think that the church has had revival. That's not what. That's not just what revival is. Revival is not just a series of meetings, right? It's a, if we want to get textbook definition serious about it, it is the restoring of a spiritual life that is fading, right? The, the dictionary says when you look up the word revival in, in the Webster's Dictionary, it says that, uh, that revival is a restoration of life, consciousness, vigor, or strength. I heard one old preacher say one time that revival is the church falling in love with Jesus Christ all over again. Uh, someone else said one time revival is God at work restoring his church to health. Uh, many Christians today are not healthy. They are in need of revival. We, church, are in need of revival. And listen to me, revival can be experienced uh, by the whole body of Christ. It can also be experienced by a nation. It can be experienced by a local church uh, or just one Christian, right? And at the individual level. Lord willing, I plan on preaching on all those over the next few weeks. But I want to I want to take one more look tonight at the revival uh, that took place in Hezekiah's day. Right? So a great revival, if you'll remember from this morning, the great revival broke out in the southern kingdom of Judah during the reign of Hezekiah. As a matter of fact, when we read in, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, it tells us that these events began right in the first year, in the first month of Hezekiah's reign. Right? This was at the Top of his list of priority, right? He knew that spiritually the nation had to be set in order first or nothing else, everything else would fall apart. So the revival in Hezekiah's day begins with the restoration and the cleansing of the temple. And it continued on as they reinstituted, right, or reinstated the sacrifices and began to offer them again. And they observed the Passover for the first time in a long time and in such a way that it had not been observed in so long. And there were special circumstances around that. I, I mentioned that this morning. But yet they observed it, God accepted it, and it was pleasing in his, in his sight. Ezekiel started the... Uh, started on his revival, when he started this uh, spiritual cleansing, he started with the religious leaders, right? He called together the priests and the Levites, and he ordered them to consecrate themselves and to consecrate the temple, right? And so that's what they began. They had to clean out the temple. Remember, that took eight days, and then another eight days to consecrate themselves in the temple. You see, the king wanted to get right with God. And he wanted the priests and the Levites to do the same thing. And that was the only way the nation 
was going to get right with God is if the leadership got right with God and, the, and specifically the, not only him as the political uh, leader but also the priests and the Levites as the spiritual leaders of the nation. I mentioned to you this morning that Hezekiah's revival started on the inside and it worked its way out. We saw that physically whenever they started cleaning in the innermost part of the temple, in the holy place. And they, and it's, they worked their way out until the last thing was the porch out front. Right? I said the same thing works, it happens with us. It starts on the inside and it works its way out. The revival in Hezekiah's day become contagious, right? Not because he reinstated some sort of set of ancient rules, but because the people's hearts were turned back to God. Before the revival, uh, the people were putting aside worshiping the Creator in order to worship the creation. Now, the people put God back in His rightful place. That right there is how, that is the revival. That's what happened. You know, we are just as guilty when God no longer holds first place in our lives. When we think more about wealth and pleasure and prestige and material possessions and the things of this world than that we think about God, we are actually, actually worshiping those things as God's. We're doing the same thing that they were doing. We're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. So I talked to you this morning and I pointed out in this revival how the events that took place when it began, how it began. I think uh, something that is equally important is seeing what the results of a true revival are. And we see that here. I, I mentioned to you this morning that there may be more than this, right? But just my browsing through the Old Testament, my little trip through the Old Testament, I found eight what I would consider great revivals, big moves. And I chose to preach on, I didn't choose, I felt like God led me here to preach on uh, the one that took place in Hezekiah's time because I think it's a great example and there is a lot of information here about it. Uh, me and Brother Ted was talking about this beforehand, right? There's uh, three chapters in Second Kings, four here in Second Chronicles, and then four in the book of Isaiah about the reign and life of Hezekiah. And the big focus here in Second Chronicles is the revival. All three places it talks about it, but here it is the main focus. So what are some of the results, right? What does true revival look like? Well, let me give you the first one, right? The first one was is there's a renewal of true worship, right? Think about the circumstances of what it had been like there before, right? I described to you this morning the temple was boarded up. It was closed up, right? It was full of all kinds of junk and stuff that did not belong there, some of it even an abomination to God, and they had closed it up and the worship had ceased. Right? The first thing that happened when revival came is there's a restoration, a renewal of true worship. They cleaned out the house of God. They began to offer the sacrifices again and observe the ordinances of God. They made, in other words, they made God first in their lives again. Real worship is, is defined for us in uh, Jesus does it himself in John chapter 4 in verse 24 when he says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen to me. It, it, 
it was no longer a duty or a chore to go worship God. It was now a privilege and a pleasure to get to go worship God. That right there, to me, the need for revival and the sign that revival has happened really could be hinged around that one point. Do you remember? Let me talk about myself. I remember, right, what it was like before I got saved and after I got saved. I remember like the times whenever I, spiritually I've grown cold, right? Uh, but I can tell you this much, before I ever got saved, Sunday was not my favorite day of the week. As a matter of fact, it was my least favorite. I always blamed it on Monday coming around next and having to go to work. The truth is I wasn't where I was supposed to be. First thing that I noticed, the first thing that happened, one of the first things after I got saved, of course there's many things that happened, but all of a sudden Sunday become my favorite day of the week. Look, when you get, get to the point that Sunday is a day that it's just a chore, it's just another thing to check off the list, right? It's just what I've got to do and go through the motions and, and you just go about it and you just do it, right? That is a sure sign that you're in need of that spiritual renewal, that you're in need of revival. And one of the sure signs that revival is taking a place is when you're excited again about going to the house of God. Glory to God. When you're excited to get together with other Christians, brothers and sisters of Christ, and worship God in spirit and truth. He alone is worthy, right? When you enjoy hearing the reading of the Word of God, when you enjoy gathering with the saints of God and praying together, hallelujah, and hearing the Word of God, I can remember uh, loving to go anytime, anywhere, any opportunity, getting to go to the house of God, wherever it is, whether in my church or another church, someone having revival, let's go, you know, just because you get to be with brothers and sisters in Christ, Worship God in spirit and truth and hear the word of God. Go forward both in song and in preaching and testimonies and things. So, one sign that revival has taken place is there was a renewal, a true worship. There's a desire to go Anywhere where God is being worshipped and, and, and truthfully in spirit and truth. As a matter of fact, you'll even arrange your schedule around going to church. How novel of an idea is that? That's a sure sign of putting God first. Let me give you the second thing that I find from this passage of Scripture that is one of the results of true revival. They had a renewed relationship with God. Right? You've got to be careful that we don't invent a set of rituals and we go through the motions and we think that we please God by just going through the motions. In their case, there's some changes that took place in their hearts because of the revival and because of the renewed worship of God. Right? Revival and true worship will bring you to a place um, in your prayer life that maybe you haven't experienced in a long time or have never experienced, right? Uh, remember what God told Solomon uh, at the dedication of the temple. He said, "Of my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. A real 
revival is born out of a sincere, earnest, honest prayer, right? How long has it been, church, since we've truly sought the face of God? I don't mean just whispered a prayer or two, but really got down with an honest to goodness burden and sought the face of God. Listen to me, true revival is found on our knees. That's why we've been talking about the whole time that we've been talking about. We're going to have a series of prayer meetings, right? A prayer revival, I guess you might call it, but a series of prayer meetings leading up to our revival. And I'll confess to you, just to be super honest with you, I'm not sure that I have ever personally been in a real, true prayer meeting. Right? One that, that, I mean, God was pleased with and really went, that was just a prayer meeting. Right? I've been to a lot of Bible studies where we prayed some also. Most people today will have Bible study and call it a prayer meeting. And I understand, and Bible study is great. I love Bible study. But I'm talking about a true prayer meeting. And, and I don't know, I, I hope that we accomplish it. That's my desire, right, leading up to this revival, is to have a few nights of a true prayer meeting. I really think, church, if we, will, if we will humble ourselves before God, and if we will confess our faults to Him, and we will call out to Him and cry out to Him, I believe with all my heart He'll send us revival. But we're going to have to get serious. We're going to have to get serious with him. And the Bible teaches us that revival, true revival, is found on our knees before God. We need to become a a praying people again. The other thing that I want to point out to you, and I'll be done here, is they carried the conviction of the revival back to their homes. The thing that had took place in their heart, right? They carried it back to their homes with them. That's really a lot of what this first verse is talking about, right? Let me read, let me read the verse to you again. 2 Chronicles 31.1 Now when all this was finished, now what it's talking about is the temple's been cleaned out, it's been consecrated, the priests and Levites have been consecrated. They've celebrated the Passover, they've, they've offered a lot of sacrifices. They actually ended up extending the Passover celebration. And normally it's one week long. They extended it and went two weeks with it, right? That's kind of like revivals, usually one week long, and the Spirit of God really moves, and we go two weeks or longer. That's sort of kind of what you're seeing happen here. And so anyways, they've had a great move of God. And it says that when that's what was finished, all right? When all this was finished, Not that God was done moving, but when they had got done celebrating the Passover, all Israel that were present went out uh, to the cities of Judah and break down the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and altars out of all uh, Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also and Manasseh until they utterly destroyed them all. It's talking about all the idols and the places of worship that was built to the idols, right? To the false gods that they had been worshiping and their, and their, their fathers had been worshiping, right? They went through and all of these things that were an abomination to God, all of these places that were set up to, to worship these idols and false gods, they went and they tore it all down. They cleaned, as I preached this morning, they cleaned the junk out.
Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession in their own cities. The revival continued, and I took it on back home with them. They had a change of heart about what was right and what was wrong. Before this revival, all them places of idolatry and idolatrous worship, they didn't, it wasn't all that wrong to them. They didn't see all that much wrong with it. Hmm. That's kind of like revival coming. And all of a sudden you go home and turn on your normal TV show and be like, wait a minute. I really, this, this is pretty appalling. I can't believe I watched this. Right? This is going home and maybe there's some things there, some junk that you need to get rid of and throw out. Maybe there's a situation in your life that ain't right. You know it ain't right. All of a sudden, God begins to deal with you. There's a revival that's taking place in your heart and you're no longer okay with it because you have changed your heart about what is right and what is wrong. The people here demonstrated their renewed devotion by going throughout the, the whole area, the whole land to destroy all the idols and the pagan altars and such. Then they carry the same devotion back to their own communities and to their own homes. By the time uh, next month is over with, you're probably going to be sick of hearing me tell about this, but it's one of my favorite revivals of modern times. We see the exact same thing happen in the great revival that swept through Wales in 1904. The coal mines were filled with singing. Not tavern songs, but gospel songs. The taverns, as a matter of fact, were empty. No business. The courts ran out of cases to try, and the police no longer had a need to carry guns. You see, the revival wasn't just a great event that happened in the church house, but they carried it back to their homes with them. The effects of a true, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost revival will be felt everywhere that those revived Christians go. Right? It will be felt everywhere they go, back in their home, in their workplace, wherever, their family, wherever they go. The effects of it will be felt. The revival that God brought about in Hezekiah's time was not just one big event. It wasn't just a got together for two weeks and had a big party. It was a transformation that overthrew idolatry in the lives of the people and gave them a strong desire for true worship. Not the fake stuff, not the false stuff that they had participated in before, but true worship of the only living and true God. Real revival is, is not just a big meeting with a lot of excitement. It's not just a week of services uh, or of worship services. It is a spirit, how do I want to say this? A spirit work transformation that reaches all the way to where you live. That's what a real revival is. That's what we're seeking God for. That's what we're desiring. That's what we're praying for, church. 
So let me ask you this, and I'm making an altar call. What areas in your home need a spirit worked transformation? What areas in your life, personally, in your heart, deep down inside, need this kind of spirit worked transformation? What areas in your worship, what areas in our worship, need a spirit worked transformation? That's what revival will bring. That's what revival will bring. And the only place we'll find it is on our knees. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you a chance to come tonight. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come tonight? If you've got a need, if you've got a heavy burden, would you come tonight? Whatever it is, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come tonight? Spirit of the Lord speaking to you. He's not doing that for any reason. Don't ignore him. The longer you ignore him, the harder your heart will become to him. If he's pricking your heart, would you come tonight? Whatever it is, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come? Would you come?